Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, it's William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today we have Christine on from Sounding Board, where you're going to be learning about the business case or the use case for why clients uh, purchase Sounding Board. So we're going to learn all about Sounding Board. Christine, would you do us the favor and uh, introduce both yourself and Sounding Board? Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me on. Sure. So I am the co-founder and CEO at Sounding Board. Um, Our vision at Sounding Board is to create the world's most impactful leaders. And we do that by combining a unified coaching platform along with a managed global network that allows us to deliver scalable leadership coaching at scale. So think executive coaching, which was previously only really available for executives, (laughs) now um, made accessible to leaders at every level in an organization. Well, you know, because we've talked, uh, I think around HR tech, how much I love what y'all are doing, but as the audience wasn't in on those calls, why don't we, why don't we bring them up to date? <laughs> what, uh, give us the, you know, you created the company, you, you co-founded the company for a reason. What was the, what I called origin story, but, but basically why did you take this to market? You could have taken anything to market. Why did you, why did you, why did you choose this? Yes. And I, I think as a founder, you always wonder, man, did I choose the really hard problem? But <laughs> <laughs> um, look, uh, I started the company really because of my own experience with leadership coaching. So, you know, my background is I've mostly worked in tech, always in sales and partnerships roles. So was at YouTube and Google, and then spent some time at a few venture-backed startups here in the Bay Area where I live. And really the inspiration for Sounding Board came out of one of those startups. Um, It was a company called TapJoy which I was lucky enough to join when it was only about 30 employees. And we went through that very typical story you read about on TechCrunch. You know, we ended up scaling the business to over $100 million in revenue. I went from being an individual contributor to running our entire sales team as part of our executive management. And I'd just never done that job before. Right. And so I was really lucky. This was over a decade ago. And at that time, our board and our CEO were pretty forward thinking. So being one of the the few new executives to the management team, they had me work with an executive coach to help me make these really big leadership transitions that I was taking on for the first time. And it really ended up being a profound experience for me, you know, not just professionally, but personally. And I ended up bringing coaching in for everyone on my team, including my middle managers, and saw that it was an approach that could really not only help the leader, but had a real business impact. You know, I was lucky enough to be driving over 70% of the company's revenue 
And I was doing that with a team that I was able to primarily promote from within, which meant that, you know, my retention rates, um, my ability to, um, uh, you know, minimize attrition and also to really have folks that were entrenched in the business, also leading the business um, was higher than that of a lot of my peers. And I really attribute coaching to being one of the most effective ways and reasons why I was able to do that. I'm so glad that you mentioned, first of all, I love the origin story. Uh, second of all, I'm so glad that you mentioned retention um, because it's actually one of the questions I wanted to ask you is around, you know, our, our, the, the, in terms of change, you know, the way that we used to see executive coaching and even uh, high performers, high, high potentials uh, coaching, you know, coaching for the 1%, let's just call it something else. Um, you're, you're, you're democratizing that, making coaching available for everyone. Is, is this just a, a, t- a matter of time that we were going to get to this place? Or do you think there was some type of you know, shift with employees you know, generationally or otherwise um, that just demanded more and wants more from the company? I think it's a little bit of both. Look, if you had asked me five years ago when I started the company, um, you know, whether this was something that was ubiquitous in the market, it certainly wasn't. You know, we were trying to convince investors, customers, the market that coaching was a modality that could be scaled and effective at every level. Um, Luckily, and the other part of my story is that my co-founder, Lori, has been in the industry for over 25 years. She actually was my coach in that origin story. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she... Um, Her experience in having coached at the highest levels of leadership meant that a lot of our approach translated very directly into business impact. And that was something that we saw um, was a needed sort of initial lever to get companies to think about the impact of doing something like this. Now, beyond that, I think with you know the pandemic and the move to remote work that certainly has been an accelerant you know we built the company virtual first the idea was that by using and putting technology at the forefront of the solution we can make it more accessible more scalable and thus you know have the ability to bring that down in terms of where it was deployed in the org and certainly with remote work, it, you know, doing that virtually is now a must, not a nice to have. And so I think what that has done has exposed the model to a lot of companies much faster than they may have originally anticipated. And what they're seeing is that, you know, a virtual model like this has been extremely powerful and valuable during this time. And I don't think that that will change going forward. So you've mentioned coaching at scale uh, a couple of times. <clears throat> I know the audience is going to be curious as to, okay, first of all, sounds great. Love it. Uh, we have 5,000 people, you know, you're, we're uh, a regional hospital in Tampa, Florida. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Love it. Oh my God. Can't, can't imagine life without it. How do we get started? Like, 
now 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 take us into kind of you know without the secret sauce of course but just take us into kind of how you do coaching at scale and how y'all how do y'all look at the world and how you would take on a, a client like that yeah i think one of the unique things that we do is in addition to delivering the coaching end-to-end Um, And what that means is providing the technology, the platform on which to deliver the coaching, but also providing the coaches, you know, the real human coaches that are delivering the coaching sessions. We also have the ability through our platform for our customers to be able to stand up their own coaches um, to Mm. deliver that coaching. And that's a big part of being able to really unlock at scale Because if you think about your example, you know, more often than not, companies will start with a full end-to-end solution for a smaller subset of their population. So think, you know, all of your managers, or maybe it's, um, you know, high potentials across every function. Um, And that's because using an external vendor for that, even one that's as scalable and affordable as ours, still has a cost of having an external vendor deliver that end-to-end, right? And so what we've seen now is that a lot of companies that are serious about enabling coaching capacity within their organizations are looking at, well, how do I leverage some of my internal employees? Maybe I have an internal cadre of coaches that I also want to deploy to deliver a form of coaching to my other employees. But what they were lacking was technology to be able to support that, you know, backend administration, digital user experience, even just matching coaches was probably one of the most challenging pieces to being able to deliver these types of programs at scale. And so that's what our solution really solves, which is whether you're delivering that yourself internally or looking for expert external vendors like ourselves to do that, what companies really want is for that to happen on one platform so that the data is aggregated. They can track it all in one place. It sounds so fundamental. They can measure the impact of that. But that really is some of the basic problems that hadn't actually been solved yet. Well, and also it's, it's tethered to other things, right? Coaching, if done well, is then tied to performance, tied to compensation, rewards and recognition, it's tied to a bunch of other stuff. Um, and you know, folks that are that are listening that are are come from the L and D space, this is the you know, train the trainer type of model, but it's coach right. the coach type of model. Um, how do you ensure quality, or or is there any type of certification, or you know, like when you're when you're coaching a coach to then, you know, help with a company, how do you, how do you make sure that you've got a a level of quality that's, that, you know, delivers what, you know, what you say it's going to deliver upon? That's a great question. And I think one way to think about that and the way we've thought about that is you also have to think about quality and what's right for that organization, Mm -hmm. Right. Because every organization may have different needs. Uh, They may also have defined and expected leadership behaviors and capabilities that are different than that of another organization. Um, And so we kind of think about it as there is sort of flexibility and customization and feedback 
How do we ensure that there is the right context about that organization and that that's integrated through the technology into the coaching experience so that it actually reflects and meets the expectations that that organization has? Um, What that means is, you know, we have a set of capabilities on the platform that can be customized to that organization's leadership capabilities. Those get integrated into the coaching and then the company is then able to measure if the leadership behaviors that they want are the ones that are actually being developed as their employees go through coaching. I the, love that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, finish your thought. Yeah. Finish your thought. Yeah. The other piece of that is, you know, when we looked at, we've coached now thousands of leaders across some of the biggest companies. And when we looked at what really was driving a high quality coaching experience for that end user and the organization, a lot of that has to do with just a right match. So if you think about, you know, a relationship where a coach in a long-term relationship where a coach is really helping you address some of your thorniest, most challenging leadership challenges, that has to be a trusted relationship. Um, And so one of the places we've spent a lot of time is actually our coach matching algorithm, you know, and we take into account some atypical, I would say, factors outside of demographics, you know, job experience, um, management experience. We also look at a social styles model that understands how you interact and engage with others. And what we found is that if you can get the right balance of match as well as breadth around that match, you can get a really powerful relationship where the coach and the coachee, as we call them, connect, but there's enough spread that allows them to also really be challenged and learn and develop within that relationship. And so those are two of the factors that we think a lot about and we've seen to have a drive a lot of success. We have an over 97% success rate on a first match. And it's been something that, to be honest, we didn't expect to work so well, but really right. has. Well, and if it doesn't, there's, you know, again, like, like everything else in life, if, if that doesn't work, you've got another coach and, and yeah, it, you right. know, so if it doesn't work out, that's okay. The algorithm learns from that and gets better for that particular person because their needs might be changed, uh, et cetera. Um, you know, it's, what I love about Sounding War is you're meeting people where they are and you're giving them what they need. So how do we, how do you kind of, you know, it's that dilemma, you don't know what you don't know, <laughs> how do you, or you can't see around corners. You know, you've heard this kind of phrase a number of different ways, right? So how does your coaches know kind of what that person needs, like that they don't, they can't express? It's easy with the, you know, I'm having a challenge with this. That's okay. A coach can then can deal with that because they can triage it. But if they can't express it, how can a coach know what's kind of the next thing that they'll be thinking about or the next roadblock that they might run into? Yeah, no, I love that question. And It's actually something we hire and recruit for and actually train and develop our coaches against. So I mentioned before, we have leadership capabilities that underpin the platform. You know, it's what allows us to get really good at measuring development of skills um, through the coaching with your coach. 
We also assess our coaches on a similar set of coaching capabilities that map to leadership capabilities. And so it's something that we actually have been really intentional about. Oftentimes you might hear, you know, there's a broad cross section of coaching, you know, kind of looked at it. There's life coaching, career coaching at sounding board. We just focus on leadership coaching and a big tenant of ours is that the coach actually needs to be paying attention to what are those growth edges that that leader has mm-hmm. and to be able to help surface those because that actually is a core skill of a coach right. um, to be able to sort of be that, you know, hence our name, that sounding board back to that leader around some of the areas that they may not have a perspective on themselves. Um, and so it's actually something we vet our coaches against. We develop that and we actually assess against that as well as they continue to coach with us and work with our leaders. I love that. So when should optimally, when should coaching start for an organization? Yeah, I mean, you're asked, of course, you know, one answer is, you know, it should always be there. But um, I think for, you know, the <laughs> it's not a uh, trick question, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I think for the, you know, for a lot of the folks out there, they might be thinking about, you know, what's that use case that I can present back into my, you know, um, executives or the organization that helps me sort of sell this through. Um, What we tend to find are, there's a couple of points where it makes a lot of sense for the leader itself. So for the leader itself, um, think about transitions into new roles as people are getting promoted. Um, think about uh, uh, leaders that are at the middle management where traditionally there has been a lack of support. You've seen a lot in, you know, sort of traditional leader development, a lot of training for first-time managers, a lot of support for executive leaders, but it's that middle management that often gets forgotten, but are very much squeezed as they are trying to manage both up, down, and across the organization. So I think those are a couple of the common use cases we think about for leaders. Certainly um, in the past couple of years, a use case around DEI has also really emerged um, because coaching is such a personalized model. It's been very impactful there. But then I think for an organization, what we see a lot for organizations is when they are going through a lot of change or growth. Um, A lot of the macro trends that we're seeing now almost every day in the workforce that coaching can be an incredibly powerful resource and modality that one, you know, at Sounding Board can help the organization achieve the leadership goals that they have for their employees. But it's one of the very few approaches that I think is equally welcomed by the participant or the leader, because they can immediately see the benefit, not only to them in their immediate job and role, but it's actually these skills that they develop, they can take with them wherever they go. So selfishly, I'm going to tell the audience that I think you should use this as a recruiting tool and you should implement this at onboarding. So once you've recruited somebody, from day one, from the jump, from day one, they're already on path. Uh, 
and that that kind of gets to your point of new new positions and things like that, and and people transitioning internal mobility. But I I think if done well, I think this could be an attraction tool where we're you know when we're trying trying to talk kind of candidates into hey this is going to be a good job for you, you're going to start with a coach you know during your onboarding process. I just think it'd be a great way to get set them off on the right foot. But that's selfish. That's my selfish. A uh, bit. Favorite We've point. actually seen companies do that. We have oh, companies cool. that have done that with us. Yeah. So they call it leader onboarding. Ooh. And I think you're right. What they know is like, just think about the investment you've likely already made between right. interviewing, you know, recruiting fees, placing someone in a yep. role. And we know that, you know, success in one organization does not guarantee success in another. And so we've had a couple of companies work with us specifically on that, and they've actually seen very strong impact from that in terms of longer term retention and sort of what we call time to impact with those leaders. I love that. Well, I love that. And, and uh, I want to hear more about that at a different time. So favorite part of the demo. So when, when your team or you show the sounding board to, the, to somebody for the first time, What's that aha moment or what's the thing that they just fall in love with? Oh, gosh. Hmm. If I had to name... <laughs> Everything. <laughs> yeah, they love it all. No. Look, I think one of the things we hear a lot from our customers is just that they really appreciate the depth of thought that we've put into the tools themselves. Um, we have a proprietary tool. We call it the Leadership Roadmap. And it's based on adult learning theory. And it's a tool that all of our leaders use to be able to track their goals, track the insights and actions and results that are being generated as a result of their work with their coach. Um, But we've designed it in a way that allows that leader to, you know, share what they uh, are comfortable with other stakeholders like their managers but also allows them to have private goals that they can work on with their coach. And I think that, you know, customers, I see a light bulb come on as they see like, oh, wow, you know, we not only have thought about how to structure what has traditionally been a probably very fuzzy sort Mm -hmm. of learning experience into a way that they'll be able to get enough data and insight into what's happening but still also maintains that confidentiality and trust that's necessary for that really deep work to actually happen. So that's one of the things that we see and our coaches love it because it actually reflects a true coaching process. You know, what does a coach really do for someone? They help you generate insights and they hold you accountable to take actions in those types of sort of behaviors and work is what ends up shifting, you know, that deeper mindset. And then ultimately the behaviors that help you become a more effective leader. And so our coaches themselves love the feature as well. I love that. Okay. So as we wrap up, some of your favorite or, or really innovative customer stories on how they're using sounding board without names, of course, just, just the stories themselves. Yeah. Um, We have, I have two that I'd love to share. Um, One's a large public company. We've worked with this uh, leader um, actually now across two companies. 
So one, love that she brings us with her everywhere she goes. Love that. Um, That's the highest compliment right there. Yeah. Um, But second, I think what's been really exciting is that they are applying it across almost every use case you can think of where you might think of or might have thought of traditional learning approaches. So they've deployed coaching as a stipend uh, and something that employees can kind of go redeem their learning stipend against and that's open for everyone so they treat it like a learning experience and developmental experience for all employees on top of that they've deployed it against DEI use cases where they have you know both diverse leaders that they're trying to build up in the organization as well as executive sponsors that they've paired with those leaders And guess what? Both of those parties get coaches um, because they've understood that not only do the executive sponsors need additional support as leaders trying to um, encourage and support diverse voices, as do the leaders that are going through the experience. So those are sort of two cases on the public company side. We have another company um, that is a hyper growth, you know, fast growing fintech company They'll probably, you know, go public in the next year. Um, What's been exciting for them is that they've really been proactively leveraging coaching as a way to enable their managers through the pandemic. You think about us all being home at, you know, home and not in an office with all the hiring that they've done, their managers have really become this key leverage point in determining a huge part of employee experience for all of their employees. And so they've actively deployed coaching to managers and actually then measured manager effectiveness scores using their third-party employment engagement tool and saw that a lot of those leaders that were ranking really high in their manager effectiveness scores were ones that had gone through sounding board. So now they see, yeah, it was amazing when I heard the story too, but um, what I loved about that is that they've also been one of the companies that have kind of come out of this great resignation pretty unscathed um, at the same time that they have been building an incredible business. So it's this great narrative around if you can get proactive about this and invest ahead there are ways that you can combat a lot of the narrative that we're hearing out there around people leaving their companies. Love it. What a wonderful, well, both of them are wonderful stories. Um, Christine, thank you so much for your time and thank you for coming on the use case podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's always such a pleasure. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.